This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A person of national security concern, and that's not me saying it, it's a quote, national security concern, was granted permanent residency Again, I'm quoting, due to a series of failures by the Canadian Border Agency and the Immigration Department, there's there's kind of sort of hell to pay, but I'm not entirely sure who's to pay it. And it seems that once this kind of an error is committed, you can't undo it, which doesn't sound at all like most business to me. But then again, what about government is like a business? But I have somebody who can tell me a little bit more about it and uh, share some of uh, his wisdom with you. And that's Tom Quiggin, who is a former military intelligence officer, an RCMP advisor, and a court-appointed expert on jihadist terrorism in both the federal and criminal courts of Canada. Tom, welcome. Good evening, Peter. Thanks for inviting me to the show. Well, nice to have you. Now, tell me what this means, a national security concern. If you, through the CBSA, the border people and the immigration people vet somebody who wants to come in and be a permanent resident, and somehow or other there's an error, and you discover he, she, let's just assume he for now, is on some kind of a watch list, why can't you do what we would do in any other line of work? Fix it! Well, this is... This is assuming that government operates somewhat like a business, which it does not. And unfortunately, uh, what they would actually have to do in this case is to go through a whole revocation process. It's not that it's impossible. You can actually revoke someone's citizenship, but it's a huge uphill battle for the government. Uh, it would be very expensive and time-consuming. And it would have to depend on whether this person was sort of like a minor threat, perhaps, to national security, or perhaps someone who is like a, a terrible and very uh, imminent, imminent threat to national security. So a lot of things going on. But, yeah, government certainly doesn't operate like a business. Uh, that's the fact. Just, just by way of background here, this is not a new problem. Way back in 1998, when I was doing some contract work for citizenship and immigration at the time, a couple of individuals got into Canada who had the exact same names as a couple of very famous war criminals from the war that had been occurring in the former Yugoslavia just before that. And it was realized at that time there was a couple of uh, loopholes where folks were getting in without even being checked, even though they were known to be criminal or uh, people of terrorism backgrounds, etc. Now, just for your listeners to know, one particular large agency uh, that I've been involved with, when they go to do screening, they have more than 10 separate databases they have to check. And there are different issues that are sort of maintained in each database. For instance, one of them has criminal info. Another one has previous deportation and removal info. Yet another one has their own intelligence collection capability recorded there. And yet another database, again, has intelligence collection information from another agency, and then one for foreign agencies, and one for no-fly lists, and all this sort of stuff. So it sounds like a really simple process when you're going to, you know, accept somebody in Canada to be a land uh, immigrant or a permanent resident or a citizen or whatever, you know, it sounds pretty straightforward. But in fact, multiple agencies are involved, and each agency has a series of different databases. And it should be noted right now that the system 
is distorted and absolutely overwhelmed by sheer numbers at the moment. We've more well, than well, sort of well, well, let me stop you right there because you've said yeah. so many things. First of all, you give me an example from 1999, which I, I readily accept, and and we were a little bit more disorganized in 1999 than we are now because 20 years have gone by and uh, data processing has changed and our uh, perception of who wants to get in and why and the security of the world has changed dramatically. And you're talking to me about databases now. I'm no database expert me but i know enough about them to think if there is an alarm or a flag on one of them can they not be set up in such a way by the geniuses that run these things that they uh they trigger another one so that they talk to you, each other okay you would almost think that the 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 checking would be done in such a way that you could sort of enter the name once and then have a go have it troll through multiple databases to see it sets off any alarms and i'm aware of the fact that a contract was in fact uh, tried they tried to put that into place they tried to move it ahead but for a series of bureaucratic reasons to the best of my knowledge it never actually happened and then here's another problem for you is folks who are bad people let's say they're war criminals they're terrorists they're international organized crime figures they're biker figures or whatever they know the system is weak they know has it a problem. So what they will actually do in many cases, they will offer multiple spellings of their names to different agencies as they talk to different people. So for instance, if you go to check out, someone's got a fairly common name like John Smith, you know, there's only so many different ways you can spell that. But if you have someone with a much more complicated last name like mine, for instance, Quiggin, uh, I get Q-U-I-G-G-I-N-A-N-E-N. I also get McQuiggan and stuff like that. So quite often people will willfully and with malice aforethought give different spellings of their names to different agencies. When they go to do cross-checks across different agencies, some of the databases actually have a phonetic system that will trigger and say, you know, we don't have an exact spelling, but we've got one that's close. Other ones don't. If you don't get the exact spelling, it doesn't work. Okay, let so, me stop you there. In other let words, me... it's fraud. Let me. That's well, sure, and and it's clear that anybody trying to get into the country under those circumstances is uh, guilty of fraud. But we've got to catch them, and if we don't catch them, then we can't just turn around and say, "Sorry, mistake on our part. You were uh, screwing us over. Out you go." It doesn't work that way, and you've explained that quite adequately. So the changes that were outlined uh, in a note sent by the CBSA, the Border Agency uh, President to the public safety minister in early 2018 regarding the 2017 error, nothing's really moved forward since then. And this this guy is a, a person uh, of interest, and yet he is a citizen of Canada, not a citizen, but a wannabe citizen because he has all the rights and privileges. And here's, here's the last question that I have, and probably the most important one. If this could happen with him, how do we know there aren't a thousand other hymns? I would think there are. I would think that a letter such as that one and the results it got were the indications there was a lot more than just one problem. And as I think you probably know and everybody else knows, the system right now is distorted. It's overwhelmed by sheer numbers. So, for instance, we've got all these thousands of people just walking across the border coming in Quebec, and all those people have to be processed. Employees just don't come out of the ground somewhere. You have to steal employees from other sections in order to staff that new problem of thousands of people just walking across the border. You have to train new people. So while you're building up your system to uh, uh, you know, accommodate these thousands of people walking across the border in Quebec, that means you're weakening other systems, which means a whole lot of checks 
aren't getting done quite as well as they might, or they might be not happening at all. And even Ahmed Hussain, the Minister of Immigration, was caught when one of his letters was leaked, where he said the system is not sustainable. He actually said that. He said this situation is not sustainable. So it's not exactly a secret. The, the system at the moment is, it's a bit too complex. It has too many different databases going on. And at the moment, it's just literally overwhelmed by the sheer numbers of legal immigrants uh, and legal refugees, if we will, that we've decided to like almost double the number we're bringing in, plus pour on top of that the tens of thousands just kind of walking across the border. And yeah, there's some problems there, Peter. Well, I'm not going to put this on you because that's not fair, but you've given me enough information to draw this conclusion. This system is broken. We know that we've got some good ones, but we sure as hell know that we've got some bad ones and we've got to fix it. Tom Quiggin, thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Peter. All right. That's Tom Quiggin former military intelligence officer, RCMP advisor, court-appointed expert on jihadist terrorism in both the federal and criminal courts of Canada. And you heard it from him first on what happens when you don't do the fullest possible job in admitting people to Canada. And we've got an awful lot of that going on. I am Peter Sherman. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.